Last week, we considered together that one important way in overcoming anxiety in our lives, to overcome worry about anything, is to pray in everything. Philippians said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. This morning we look at still another way to bring about peace in our lives and to help us with anxiety, and that is to deal with our thought life. Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And then it goes on to say, uh, and the things which you have heard and seen of me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So it's all three areas are very important when we talk about peace. Today we look at the second, and that is our thought life. Our thought life. We are to think about things that result in peace as opposed to those things which result in anxiety and worry. One truth that is recognized both by the believing and non-believing world is that our thoughts are powerful. In Proverbs 23, 7, it states, as, For as he thinks in his heart, so is a man. As he thinks in his heart, so is a man. What we contemplate, dwell on, daydream concerning, fantasize about, aspire to, all of this is extremely important. In the verse that we're going to look at this morning, verse 8 of Philippians chapter 4, it tells us the kinds of things that we are to be meditating <coughs> upon or thinking about. So what are those kind of things? As we look at this verse, there are eight categories. And I'm referring to them as categories, for they are not specific, but rather general in nature. For notice it says in the ESV, in verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, the word whatever is denoting for us a wide plethora of things that would fall into the category of what is true, whatever is true, whether that be spiritual truth, whether that be uh, truth about science, whether that be truth about nature, whether that be truth about individuals and our relationship to them, whatever's true, you're to think about. Whatever is honorable. Again, not in any specific category or designation, but the whole category of things that are honorable. So we want to look at these, these categories uh, this morning. First is that to experience God's peace, we must think about things in a way that corresponds to reality, the way things really are, found in the word true. Finally, brother, whatever is true. Truth, as it is used here, is that which corresponds to reality, that which is real as opposed to that which is imaginary, that which is true as opposed to that which is false. Now, we know that the scriptures 
are true. And we are told in Christ's high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, he prayed. And he said, Father, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. What separates the child of God is their dedication to the word of God. But again, it's talking about whatever is true. And there is truth that is found outside of the scriptures as well. There are things about science that are true. There are things about science that are false. And we are to focus our mind on things that are true. Now, as we think about worry in particular, for that's the context, oftentimes people worry about things that are contrary to reality. They worry about things that are contrary to the facts. People worry and are preoccupied by what might be or what could happen, as opposed to what is actually taking place. People let their minds run rapid. They begin to come up with scenarios of things that could be uh, taking place in their lives or what could happen in the future rather than dwelling on what is true. Satan is a great deceiver and father of lies. We must be careful to see things the way we, they really are. If we fail to do this, we will replace God's peace with that which is ingenuous. Uh, we will rely on falsehoods, we'll rely on fantasies, we'll rely on myths, rather than to rely on truth. So we need to be discerning so that we don't believe lies, and we need to be discerning so that we understand the facts as they really are and put our faith and confidence in those facts. Secondly, to experience peace, we need to set our minds on that which is worthy of imitation. In uh, the SV, we have these words, Finally, brothers, whatever is honorable, whatever is honorable, the King James translates this, whatever is honest. Honorable is a good translation. It means that which is noble and worthy of being held in high esteem. That which is superior or above other things. Thus, we are to establish role models, heroes, advisors in our lives. We are to think about those people that are worthy of imitation, worthy of being followed. Their lives are commendable. Their actions are beneficial. Their words are true and honest. So Paul encourages the Philippians to follow him. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 17, he says this, Brothers, join in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. It's extremely important, the role models that we establish for ourselves, the people that we look up to, the people that we want to be like, the people whose character or characteristics or attributes we want to share in. Okay, so oftentimes it's uh, movie stars or it is uh, uh, entertainers or um, music professionals or boxers or football players or whatever the case may be. Uh, but think about who it is that you hold up to yourself as a role model.
Be sure that they are worthy of imitation, that their life is one that speaks of integrity, that speaks of honesty, that speaks of perseverance, and all those other characteristics and attributes that are worthy of imitation. People who are honest, forthright, sincere, authentic, true in their statements, and consistent in their lifestyles. We can make a real mess out of our lives and bring a lot of pain and hardship to our lives if we adopt the wrong kind of role models. Not only in our own imitation, but we can be extremely disillusioned by people. And uh, it can upset us. And uh, we can feel deceived, betrayed, uh, abandoned because we put our faith and trust in people that are not worthy of that faith or that trust. So think about, aspire to be like those people that are honorable. Thirdly, to experience peace, we need to reflect upon things that are morally right. Morally right. Whatever is just. King James, whatever is right. We are to evaluate the decisions that we are making. And we need to purpose to do what is right. Uh, so often it is we are tempted to follow our emotions. Uh, we, are, uh, uh, we are tempted to follow our desires. Uh, to take the path of least existence, resistance. To do things that are easy. Uh, to do things that are perhaps pragmatically helpful, but they're not the right thing to do. We're to meditate, think upon what is right. What is the proper course of action? What decision ought to be made in light of the particular circumstance I am in? And of course, the ultimate source of understanding what is right and just is the word of God. So what does the Bible teach that I should do in this particular instance? How should I act? How should I behave? And these decisions about my marriage, and these decisions about child rearing, and these decisions about my job, these questions about truth and honesty. Uh, what should I do? What should I do? And I should meditate upon things that are morally right. Fourthly, to experience peace, we need to set our minds on those things which are pure, Philippians 4, 8, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure. And purity here is primarily, as we think about it, moral purity or sexual purity, that which is untainted by sin. We need to be very aware in our culture that there are loads of things that would feed our thought life in a very negative way when it comes to moral purity. Uh, pornography is astounding. But beyond pornography, there's all kinds of uh, television shows that we know that, uh, uh, you know, just flaunt sexual promiscuity and uh, improper sexual behaviors and relationships. It tells us that we are to think upon things that are pure, uh, things that are holy, uh, things that are correct in that moral, sexual sense. 
These are things that are free from all debasing elements, that are transparent in purpose, and leave no blot or stain on the conscience or on the character. Otherwise, we are setting ourselves up for a lot of heartache and misery and anxiety. So I need to ask myself, what am I watching? What am I thinking about? What kinds of desires is that producing within me? Is it motivating me towards godliness or ungodly lusts? If we fail to do this, we'll replace God's peace with shame. Fifthly, to experience peace, we need to set our minds on things that are lovely. Things that are lovely, as that word appears in our text. Things that are lovely are things that are attractive. Things that are pleasing. This stands in opposition to those things which are gory or horrifying. Those that are unsettling or scary. We should set our hearts on things that God desires. Delight yourself in the Lord. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Uh, We are to meditate on those things that are pleasing to God. But again, it is that which is lovely as opposed to that which is gory or that which is uh, scary. Uh, A lot of people find uh, entertainment in things that scare the bejeebies out of them. You know, the the, uh, uh, zombies and uh, all kinds of Uh, death kinds of warmed over things. And you all know, I don't need to go into great detail about all that stuff. You know what's out there. Uh, The scripture says, think about things that are lovely. Uh, Think about things that are delightful. Things that are pleasurable. Uh, Things that bring joy to the heart of the individual. As opposed to those things which tear down, debilitate, uh, create anxiety, create worry. You know, you ever watch little kids and they watch certain shows and they watch certain movies that seem really tame to us and then when it comes to time to go to bed, they're afraid? You know? Uh, I think The Wizard of Oz is pretty tame, but it's got the Wicked Witch in it. It's got the monkeys to fly. You know, and a lot of little kids, they watch that and they're terrified about going to bed. Uh, We think we get to the place in life where we're impervious to what we see. We're impervious to what we watch. But let me tell you, it has its subliminal effects on us, all the things that we watch that are so negative, that uh, tear down our confidence and trust in the Lord Jesus, that creates within us uncertainty and doubt about life in general and about the particular things that are going to enter into our own life. Uh, They create anxiety at a level that we're unconscious of. But the scripture says if we're going to be people of peace, if we're going to know this uh, calmness that this passage speaks about, then we must guard uh, what we watch even when it comes to gore and horror. And we are to look at those things that are lovely. Sixth, to experience peace, we need to set our minds on those things which are well spoken of. Whatever is commendable is what the ESB says. King James, whatever is of good report. The word means that which is worthy or brings about a good reputation. We ought to be thinking long and hard 
about the things that we do and say and the reputation that we are forming for ourselves. How are people viewing us? Do people see us as hardworking, industrious, reliable, trustworthy, uh, people that are uh, worthy of praise, that are commendable, uh, that uh, should hear, well done, did a great job, appreciate the time and effort you put in? All of that leads to peace. All of that is, is joyful. All of that helps us rest at night, as opposed to the unrest that is created by failing to do what we know that we ought to do by doing a haphazard job, by not being responsible, by being unreliable, by disappointing people. And uh, our world is trying hard to create self-esteem in people that are unreliable. And, and their own heart condemns them. Their own mind tells them that they're not behaving in a way that is appropriate and worthy of respect. They condemn themselves and what they do. The Bible says if we are going to have peace, then we must conduct ourselves in a manner that is commendable, that is worthy of praise, so that we can think good about ourselves and feel as though we have done what God would have us to do. Seventh, to experience peace, we need to set our minds on those things which are virtuous. It says if there is any excellence, excellence, virtues, are those qualities of character that result in wonderful acts, such things as kindness, goodness, generosity, perseverance. Uh, we ought to set our mind and value those characteristics in our lives and in others. Appreciate people that are kind. Uh, appreciate people that are generous. People that are uh, persevering in nature, that follow through even when it's difficult to do so. All those things, again, lead to our peace. And then lastly, to experience peace, we need to set our minds on those things which are going to gain God's approval. It says, if there is anything worthy of praise, if there is anything worthy of praise, and ultimately that is God's praise, that is standing before him and hearing, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We should focus ourselves and our minds on those things which God is going to find and give approval to. Uh, set those as our aspirations. Set those as our desires. If we fail to do this, we will, for, we will forfeit God's peace by a sense of unworthiness. Now, that's what our text says. So some closing thoughts and applications. First, how are we to do this? How are we to do this? I don't think it should go unnoticed that our text doesn't give us any how-tos. It doesn't now furnish us with seven ways in which you can focus your thoughts on the things of God. And the scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, or correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God might be perfect and then these words, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. So the scripture should teach us everything that we need to know about a particular area to live a life of godliness and uh, honesty. So if that's the case, why doesn't the Bible tell us how to do this? 
answer because we know how to do it. We don't have to be instructed into how, but rather we are to be exhorted to do it, to focus our thoughts on what is right. Uh, we know what distracts us. We know what brings thoughts that are contrary to the word of God. We know what we watch, what we read, uh, the amusements that we enter into, the, the things that uh, we, we see. Uh, we know how all of that affects us. We don't have to go through 30 steps of things that we need to abandon in our life, but simply commit ourselves to what we know as to how that we can focus our, our hearts and minds on good things. Second observation. This text does not teach us what we should not think about. It doesn't give us the negative. It doesn't give us the opposite. And there are opposites to each one of these things. Okay? Truth, falsehood. Worthy of praise, worthy of, of damnation. We could, we could go to, into all the opposites, but the text doesn't go into the opposites. Which, again, I think is extremely helpful. How do you get rid of bad thoughts? Answer, by thinking good thoughts. <laughs> Fill your heart and mind with that which is appropriate and you will overcome the inappropriate. Do what is right and you will stop doing what is wrong. Focus your heart and mind on that which is characteristic of these eight things, true, honest, just, pure, lovely, etc. Focus your mind and heart on these things and the others will fall away. The impurity, the, the, the sexual innuendos, all of that stuff will come under control as you give yourself to that which is wholesome and good and right. The way to overcome evil is by doing good. Okay. Third observation. We do know the general truths of the scripture, and that is that we should be meditating upon the scriptures. Obviously, the more we meditate upon the scriptures, the more it's going to control our thoughts. That will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. So give ourselves to the word of God. A good Christian literature. Conversations that are helpful to ourselves and others. Uh, good, wholesome entertainment. Those things we are to give ourselves to. May God help us in this endeavor. But most importantly, may we make the commitment this morning to think on these things, which includes, as I say, more than just meditation. It certainly begins with meditation, but it includes the, the goals that we have, the aspirations in life, the desires, Oh, where we want to be five years, ten years from now, the kind of person that I want to be. Uh, may I exhibit these eight categories that are worthy of praise and worthy of imitation. Let's pray. Our Father, help us this day to guard our thoughts and minds and to give ourselves to that which is holy and just and good. Uh, Lord, give us the discipline uh, to guard our thoughts, the, the things that we think about.
May the words of our, our mouth be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, because of the meditations of our heart. Uh, help us in this great endeavor, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.